Hello and welcome to another episode of Edgeguard, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Jordan. With me today is my co-host Blake. Hey, it's me, Blake. And then uh, with us for another special uh, interview episode, we have the two members of Turnfollow, uh, Carter and Ian. Hello, Carter and Ian. Hey, guys. Hi. Uh, this is Ian. Yeah, let's and get this those is Carter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So Carter, Carter Lodwick, and Ian Ensley, they're full names. We do full names so that uh, I know people can find you, I guess, on the internet. People can stalk you on Facebook or something, I guess. I sure, know. sure. Just, no, yeah, no, just Google search my, my whole name and, and, you know, that'll like send you to my like Vimeo page and like my old Tumblr and, and nice. get all that good stuff. Th- uh, this An is, old MySpace I'm, page, maybe. Oh yeah, it's somewhere on there. I'm sure. Uh, th- this is Carter Lodwick, uh, and this is Ian Ensley. All right. Uh, is there a chance you can uh, just tell our listeners in just a couple sentences what it is you do uh, with respect to uh, games? Do you have any background in? Uh, games, whether in school or work or anything like that, or is this pretty much just a uh, a free time situation for you? Uh, we don't. Well, it's different, I guess, a little bit for me and Ian. But uh, we met at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, and mm-hmm. uh, mostly we were doing comics there. That's that's like what we did together. But uh, kind of later in our degrees, I had actually graduated already i never did any games related stuff but ian was was taking a uh a a game design class with jake elliott of cardboard computer and uh he had like what was it a midterm or something yeah yeah and he asked (laughs) he, he he was gonna make it himself and he asked me if i wanted to uh come over for just like spend a whole weekend staying up like banging something out um, he would do all the coding and like put everything together in unity and I would just do all the art and, um, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, yeah. So I, I, everything after that was just kind of like you know, on, you know, in my free time. And I, I'm basically the same, uh, except, um, uh, I guess about a year ago, I actually started getting work doing game stuff. So I was teaching unity, um, for about a year and a half. And now I work at a, uh, like a big corporate games company just doing some tech art stuff um, which is new to me but kind of exciting and kind of crushing um, at the same time <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm working the the soulless corporate uh, software development job so uh, I definitely feel you on the on the somewhat crushing <laughs> aspect <laughs> but I do a let's go ahead and name the companies say. You guys, why yeah. not? Let's just let's just get it all out in the let's open. Just call them out. No, I'm kidding. Well, that's that's awesome. Thanks for uh, sort of giving people an idea of who you guys are. Um, although I should hope if they have uh, if they've played the game uh, that they have, uh, you know, at least some idea of the kind of people you are. Um, and actually, I want I want you guys to to um, to uh, tell everyone the name of the game again. Uh, just because I'm not sure it's that I can remember it exactly word for word. <laughs> oh, man. I hope I don't screw it up. Oh, I actually um, have it open in a browser, so this will be the test to see how well you know <laughs> it <you're> going <gonna> work. <laughs> uh, it's packing up the rest of your stuff on the last day 
in your old apartment? No, at, it's at. at. It's at. At your old at apartment, your old yes. Apartment. All right. Close. A minus. <laughs> A minus. <I'll> take it. <laughs> Tough break. Uh, uh, yeah, and um, for those listeners that don't remember or that didn't listen to our original episode, uh, packing up the rest of your stuff on the old day at the la- on the last day at your old apartment <laughs> is a is a game where you uh, you do basically what the title says you do. Uh, you're in a little apartment um, in Chicago, and you uh, put all of your stuff in boxes. Decide what you want to pack, what you want to donate, and then you move out. Yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty simple game. Uh, like when you when you sort of describe it, what what sort of how what is your like one sentence pitch for it generally? If like you're just like telling someone what the game is, do you got one? Uh, I mean, it's it's built into the title. Really. <laughs> yeah, it's, it really is. That we we were so while we were make, I guess when we were kind of like rounding the bend at the end of it, and we hadn't decided on a name yet, we were getting kind of worried that. Like if we picked the wrong title that people would sort of assume that the bulk of the game was like just the first part of like a longer thing. Hmm. Like Mm. I I remember I personally was kind of freaking out that like (laughs) uh, if we call this like, you know, moving or something or, 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 you know, something more general like that, that people were going to kind of assume that, okay, well first I pack up and then I like, you know, drive to the new place and then I, I don't know, like, you know, say goodbye to my roommates and then I move into a new place and then I like do the whole thing over again or like something like that. And yeah, yeah. And we just, you know, just because of the extent to which we wanted to kind of constrain the, the scope of that store, you know, just the time frame that it takes place in. Um, and because we knew we weren't going to have time to actually like make a much larger game, uh, <laughs> We, 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 we were really wringing our wrists over like what title to pick that wouldn't like promise too much um, and would still be kind of like, you know, true to the experience. And I think, wasn't it uh, your girlfriend that, mm-hmm. that came up with it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember I, I like, I thought you were kidding at first <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then it, it slowly sort of sunk in you know i like it yeah i do too it ends up it ends up being a very distinctive thing because uh like i've sort of already mentioned that steve gainer uh was kind of how i knew about this game because i follow him on twitter and he had uh tweeted about enjoying the game uh Mm -hmm. and i had sort of i forget exactly how but uh at some point after we started the podcast i stumbled upon the name again and it was like instantly recognizable. It's like, oh yeah, this is that one game that Steve Gaynor really liked that had like a super duper long title. <laughs> so I mean, it definitely, uh, you know, sort of sets the game out. Which I know when I was working on games during my like college experience, uh, something the professors really like to like drill in is like how important your name is, even if it sounds stupid to you. Mm. Uh, <laughs> like making sure it's something distinctive. I had a professor who insisted that um, the most important thing about your name was that uh, if you Google it, the first thing you see is, uh, <laughs> or that the uh, you will find the game in the first page of results and ideally in the mm-hmm. top three. Uh, and I definitely, definitely think that that's what you're going to get with this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think a lot more people should, should, I mean, everybody should heed that advice, I think. We, um, Oh, do you want to? No. Uh, well, we we made a game before this one called uh, Little Party, 
that was the title. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I guess we didn't do a lot of Googling before we decided to name <laughs> it that. But there's there's some song, there's some like pop song by Fergie. Oh, by Fergie <clears throat> called A Little Party Never Hurt No One or, or something like that. Oh, and sure. it It's the one from, it's uh, just, uh, from the Great Gatsby movie, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I think, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I would, I'm pretty sure I know the song. Uh, anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> well, no. I mean, exactly. You know that song. Like it's that. It's that popular, and so you can't. Uh, you can't search that phrase on the internet without you know hitting the wall of of Fergie videos and and references. Uh, I do. Well, think wait, you, you've never heard of Fergie's other song, "Packing Up the Rest of Your Stuff." In the last <laughs> That's a yeah, banger. That's a, just, banger. Yeah. <laughs> it's a deep cut from no the one. Fergalicious album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only true fans know that one. Um, okay, so one thing that I uh, I was thinking about um, when I played this game and then revisiting it for this interview is, uh, you know, like, mo- most people would probably not say that moving is their favorite experience. Um, uh, I've moved a lot and I don't like to do it, but I really enjoyed this game. Uh, and so I'm just curious what, um, is that, is the like unpleasantness of moving something that you thought about when you were making this game? Uh, why, why did you think that that was like the subject matter that would, that would make a good game? Um, well, I don't, we didn't want it to be unpleasant, um, but something that we, that we definitely focused on narratively was, um, kind of the exhaustion of Mm -hmm. uh, specifically the emotional exhaustion of moving and how, um, uh, you kind of, um, because you've been moving all day and you're, you're so exhausted, um, you don't really have the energy to feel anything about the apartment you're leaving in like a, in a weird sense. And I think to me, that was kind of the feeling we were trying to meet the players with halfway because the players aren't going to be able to, aren't going to specifically know this apartment. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and so we can't like, we can't create their apartment. Right. And, and so, um, moving actually creates a good kind of middle point where like, you're so exhausted from moving that you like that you're trying to care and you're trying to find meeting in this empty space, but it's all gone. And, um, I think that, um, uh, that, um, players can actually feel that in the game. Like we can actually evoke that, um, really specifically. I mean, I think also part of it is that, uh, when you're moving, you're finally seeing this space without any of your stuff in it. So it's really it it starts to it can start to look really alien like a place where you've lived for a year with all mm-hmm. the, was previously filled with all your things and now that all your things are gone you sometimes barely even recognize the space anymore. So mm-hmm. I guess that could also sort of fill in the gaps because uh, I think this this game does a really good job. We talked about it in the original episode of like making you feel like nostalgia and like sort of emotional emotional about things that you didn't ever experience you're like mm-hmm. feeling nostalgia for someone else uh and their experiences yeah. which was really effective i think thanks well, thank you um yeah i i i really i mean something i'm really proud of about it is how uh as as you get near the end and as things clear out um like I, something that that 
uh, or a, a little moment in like every time you move that I, I really like is, is when you get everything cleared out, seeing that apartment again, um, the way that it was the first time you ever saw it when you were looking at it the first time when you were apartment hunting. Mm. Um, yeah. it, I mean it in, in a way like as the game progresses, the space becomes more familiar because you know, you know, not everybody has seen this person's room, uh, <laughs> Stroot, you know, like filled with all this, you know, stupid crap. But, um, but like everybody has, you know, had that experience of walking into an empty apartment and, and kind of imagining like the things that were there. And I think that's why we ultimately decided to end it the way we did, um, walking out into the, uh, into the rest of the, the apartment. Uh, because you you you've sort of gone you've sort of like been doing this activity of like rewinding time until you know the point when before you had moved anything into the room and then you you get to step out and see this entire apartment and and sort of it's it's like an imagination space you know you're picturing all the stuff that was there the roommates that were there and like the furniture and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff and it's and and but without us having to actually make all that <laughs> stuff and like spell it out, you know, literally. Yeah, that's some that's some like clever, you know, scoping, some appropriate scoping. <laughs> I mean, moving uh, in many cases can be like a, it's a very collaborative effort. You know, uh, people you get your friends to come over if the if if people's uh, friends are live in town or nearby, uh, you get the parents to come help out. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, but I, I think the, the game does a nice job of like sidestepping that whole thing by being like, Oh, like you're the last one here. Like everyone else has already moved their stuff out and you're just like picking up the last few things. Um, because maybe your parents did come help you and Todd's parents came to help him move, but your parents are indisposed. So you have to <laughs> do it on your own. <laughs> um, but anyway, while we're sort of on the, on the subject of, uh, the, the space, um, of the apartment in our original episode, we talked a lot about how the game seems uh, like pretty deeply informed by uh, personal experiences and seemingly by uh, real life spaces. Uh, to what degree uh, is the game actually based on uh, like a real apartment or pieces of real apartments? Um, well, I'll take that one. Uh, oh, we never really said, by the way, that like, our roles on the game, but, um, I, I did all the like art and, and stuff. Well, actually art. some of our friends helped out with some of the stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, I like made the apartment and, and the art and stuff. And, and Ian, uh, wrote it and, and did all the programming and put everything together and made it actually work, <laughs> including that fucking Tetris system, which was <laughs> such a pain in the ass to make. Oh, we'll get to the Tetris system. um anyway sorry uh so um yeah it's not a real apartment but it's definitely uh informed by a lot of places that i lived in chicago and by friends apartments and stuff i i kind of set out with like a um i guess just like a, a list of sort of features that i think are like in i mean in in my mind when i think of a chicago apartment i think of hardwood floors like a really long layout with like a kitchen in the back and a living room in the front and then a bunch of a big long hallway with a bunch of doorways leading off to bedrooms in the middle and um you know there's like a deck in the back and everything's painted you know everything including the molding is painted white and um (laughs) 
uh yeah and and there's just like scuffs on the walls and cracked paint and stuff like yes. that like it just <laughs> Layer, layers of cracked paint, cracked paint uh, covering, <laughs> covering up other cracked paint yeah 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 and like you know every room has a, a radiator in it and like a yes. ceiling fan i feel like that's a very chicago thing is like you need both ceiling fans and radiators yeah Seriously. um you can see the l from the window yeah yeah totally and it it's always you know every i don't know how often it, it actually rumbles by it's probably more often than a regular l train but like in video game time it feels right <laughs> you know um but uh yeah i i okay so um a couple things that little, little a few tidbits for the fans like a uh, uh, <laughs> a couple things that were based on real stuff like the 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 whole building that's like outside your window the next door apartment whatever that is that was like directly modeled off of the place i was living next to because I would just spend, you know, hours and hours and hours sitting in my room on my laptop, like <laughs> making this stuff. And I, at a certain point I was like, all right, well there has to be a building next door and I'm creatively tapped out. So I just did that one. <laughs> um, and then there were a few objects that were real things. There was, there's a painting with a pelican on it. There's like a, a piece of artwork with a pelican on it that is a real, uh, it's like actually like an embroidered fabric, like piece of art in a frame that I bought at a Goodwill uh, that I thought was funny. <laughs> and tell me, Little Pokey's uh, real? Uh, little Pokey is is a fictional character. No, uh, <laughs> a, a consummately rendered, utterly believable fictional character. <laughs> in my head canon, Little Pokey is real. Little Pokey's out there somewhere. He's real to you. You can make him real, Blake, by getting a potted plant and naming it that. See that? I don't want to force it, Jordan. Come on. <laughs> Ian, like so much of the personality of the game comes through in like those like that flavor text and stuff that Ian wrote. I, I think I don't know, you probably just had like a what just like a spreadsheet open or something of all the all the models we <laughs> it had was that just, clinical <laughs> i don't know was it <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it was yeah. But, um were any of the uh was any of the like the flavor text like the story stuff was that were there any real anecdotes in there um i think so i don't i don't remember to be honest <laughs> i mean they probably all were <laughs> there's I, a little truth in all this, of them right yeah 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 safer to say that than than i made him up <laughs> well and and yeah and i i don't want to like uh i don't want to be like condemning the game or anything by like saying it's like a lot of it's made up because like it's all very it's it, i mean probably like 90 percent of the game is like yeah real stuff that we just tweaked you know 10 percent to like be fictional or, or it's just like you know things I mean, because really, so like a challenge with it was uh, how do you make a game about moving out? That's like about like, you know, it's trying to make people feel things by their connection to these like objects that they've never had and mm -hmm. and a space that they've never lived in. So like, how do you do that without like writing all this backstory and like taking, you know, having some montage of that character's life in that place? And I think we just kind of tried to pick things and anecdotes that felt sort of I don't know just like spontaneous and relatable but still kind of general and like the objects all I, I wanted to just be like 
just like shit that like everybody is like if anybody who plays it has had like one thing you know has had like a rain stick that they've been carrying around forever at some point in their lives or like a, a textbook or something like and and they can like see that and be like oh yeah that was that was me uh two apartments <laughs> yeah. ago then i'll be happy i know? i own a thing of salt i, I get it <laughs> <laughs> morton's it's the way to go we've always brought we, each of us has brought along that avocado that you're like you know it's probably still fine you know i i once had a a, a moving experience where i had put a loaf of bread away and it was like like wonder bread just like white bread you know and uh i ended up like accidentally leaving it in a box that i didn't realize had food in it for like a month Ooh. but no here's the here's the the distressing thing is i opened the box took out the bread totally fine oh you didn't eat it did you no 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 but like i couldn't see mold on it and i opened the bag and it didn't smell bad i'm like what the hell are they putting in this bread to make <laughs> to make it so that it like survived this move and like being in here for a month without <laughs> like there's there's some i'm eating i'm ingesting something that is preserving this bread uh disturbingly well <laughs> yeah if you died and your body was discovered uh, uh, months later, like the bread would would be the better looking of the two of you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, now that you've, if you had eaten the bread, then your body would be preserved <laughs> indefinitely. <laughs> uh, so the secret to immortality was just white bread all along. Uh, so, sort of getting back to the game, um, when we were playing it, we sort of, I think Jordan and I were both sort of operating under the assumption that the uh, characters in the game were uh, college age or maybe like recent graduates sort of like uh, you know 20 somethings kind of like younger 20 somethings uh, is that kind of what you were going for or what sort of what what age in your mind are the were the people who inhabited this apartment and why was that uh, important to the game or maybe it wasn't but I mean it's kind of like you guys talked about in the episode um <laughs> that i listened to uh, um but uh it was really important that this character the the character pretty much moved every year mm -hmm. and like this was a yep. normal yep. thing and um and so placing them as basically where me and carter were in our early 20s moving every year on you know like clockwork um mm -hmm. and 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 uh yeah i mean that if the if this was a character who had lived here for you know five years or even two years, it would be a different story. You know, mm -hmm. um, I think I think it's really important that they lived there one year and aging them down to their yeah. So what's what specifically about uh, them only having lived there one year or them moving uh, on like a yearly cycle was important to uh, making the game what it is? Like why why was that the decision? I'm curious. Um, kind of going back to what I was saying before, I, in, in my head, I think at least when I'm leaving a place and <sighs> I'm exhausted and, um, I'm, I'm, it's empty and I, you know, I have to go unpack and do all this other work. Um, I'm, but I'm trying to like create all this meaning in this space and, you know, I'm like walking around the empty room and trying to create the meaning um, and look back on the year and, and kind of reflect on that whole year. And um, it's a really internal process. And, and so just getting in that mindset um, was kind of the goal. 
um, mm-hmm. and, and and but also keeping it relatable f- for the players um, and not adding too much baggage. Um, mm. Yeah. Okay, that's very interesting. I I like that. Uh, I think that part partially would play into, uh, you know, as players. Again, we've talked about it. You know, they've never been here before. They don't really know this space, and uh, maybe having it only the assumption being that the person who's only lived there for one year makes it easier to sort of meet in the middle versus, you know, someone who's lived there for five years or, or, or something like that, where it's like, you know, uh, you, you sort of describe them as like, when you've only lived there for a year, you're still, some of it, you're kind of like, uh, you're kind of like imposing the nostalgia or like the memory or the feeling of the situation yourself, because you really haven't been there super long time. It's not like your childhood home that you lived for, for 18 years or something. Uh, so yeah, that's interesting. Um, so one thing that we haven't talked about, uh, yet is, uh, the like mechanics of the game. You you mentioned the, the Tetris, uh, mechanic. Um, so I wanted to ask you about, uh, about that. Um, since you listened to the episode, you probably know that I, uh, I didn't realize the first time I played this game that there even was an option not to pack things. So yeah. I like my first playthrough of this game was like, like hyper Tetrisy. I like spent an undue amount of time trying to fit everything into the boxes, and oh I God. am I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I mean, it ultimately ended up being fun. Like even when I actually move, there is a perverse pleasure in like trying to fit everything. And um, uh, I'm wondering if uh, you can say a little bit about what that. Um, what you're thinking behind that mechanic was what, uh, if, if your goal was to create it uh, in such a way that it was challenging to fit everything, or if it was just sort of like, um, uh, if the, the donation option was to like, uh, make it so it specifically was not challenging or anything like that. Well, the donation options there for people who just can't take it, you know, <laughs> like who aren't up, who aren't up to the, <laughs> up, up to the caliber of, of uh, <laughs> skill-based gaming experience that we've crafted it's for the people who aren't true gamers, uh, it's yeah. the um, the the story mode that they have. You know, story <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, in contemporary RPGs. <laughs> exactly. Um, no. Uh, oh, we we were actually talking about if we were gonna admit that. Uh, I think we should. Yeah. Uh, uh, we 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 definitely didn't think that you could fit everything <laughs> in the boxes. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that was kind of a surprise to us. The people and and I think okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but to do that, honestly, I don't think I've ever done it. No, I haven't. Um, <laughs> but you have to like uh, exploit some some weird like object clipping yes. stuff to do yeah, it well right? so i didn't know that you had to do it that but that is what i did there was some object clipping and then the most there was some like object clipping within the box like some objects clipping into each other and then there's also like like i i had like a poster vertical in the box like <laughs> two feet oh uh, yeah too high that it would be possible <laughs> to like close the box in real physics, so uh, I, I wasn't. That's actually interesting, though. So you were intending to make it in such a way where the player would be like forced by the game itself to make decisions about what to keep and what not to keep. 
I, yeah, basically, I think so. Although I'm sort of glad that like it is possible to to kind of game the system and um, I mean, for people who it would just like gnaw away at them if they couldn't fit everything in the box, like the, the fact that that's possible, like I feel like I'm I'm glad I, I didn't yeah, want the to... players with hoarding proclivities uh, still get to enjoy <laughs> the game and not get rid of anything. Yeah. I feel like in most uh, like TV and movies, whenever the family is moving, it's always like the dad has an obsessive. There's like an archetype of like the movie dad that has an obsessive interest in making sure that everything can fit in the box. So uh, that, that mechanic is, is to make that character possible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Packing um, up the rest of my kid's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> my kid's damn stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. my, that's, that's exactly my dad. He's like the most, he will repack the car. Like you can pack it up, and have everything fit in there, and he'll repack it just so that there's even more extra space in case he <laughs> wants something extra. So I definitely, I definitely feel that one. In case some other dad but walks yeah. by and like inspects his packing job, you know, yeah. he's he's got a some other dad. Really, yeah, maybe yeah. that's something the game gotta was, impress the other dads. Maybe that's something uh, the game was missing was just a dad pass. You know, you you open the door and your dad comes in. And he's like, "Is this really the best you could do?" <laughs> well, if you think you're done, I guess that's fine. <laughs> that's, you know, that's fine. That's, you're is, satisfied. These are your things. You know, you're an adult. You know, you can pack things as you want, but not how I would have done it. <laughs> uh, but you, you uh, Jordan, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the Goodwill bag because you didn't really you you didn't use it at all because you didn't really know it's a thing. But uh, yeah. it was it was an inspired choice for me because that's always something uh, that you you do when you're moving is um you at a certain point after you've moved enough shit you're like okay what what of this stuff do i actually need and uh you could have just had that be like a trash bag but uh i liked that it was a goodwill bag uh that you're like because then you can have this this moment of like oh well I'm, I'm giving to someone who needs it more or like it's not the torch is getting carried on by someone like um, yeah. in the episode I mentioned away. someone will have it yeah in the, in the episode I mentioned that I like sadly uh, didn't realize I had to pack up the, the music player until uh, all the boxes were already shut so I donated that and the way I could justify that within myself was that uh, some some person less fortunate than I was, was getting a sweet AUG player with all these uh, beautiful beats on it <laughs> that's, that's really beautiful yeah but see that's that was nice. only because the um, you knew that you didn't have to sit in a car without music it would have been unbearable if that was the next stage of the game hey man i got Oof. cds <laughs> <laughs> that's true they're all packed up though. oh yeah there's a cd rack i forgot about that um yeah well i mean it's de- it, it was definitely intentional to make the donation bag a black garbage bag mm-hmm. like i think i think there's well, I was at least hoping that there would be kind of a question of like, well, I'm calling this the donation bag, oh. and mm. I, I like definitely that. intend to go donate this stuff. Yeah, but, but... Will I make it? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, is the is the Goodwill closed? It is six p.m. on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll just throw this in the dumpster on the as we walk past. The, the only thing in here is one avocado, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It wasn't even an avocado and a and a plunger stick. <laughs> uh, yeah, the plunger. I wonder how many 
players. I wish there was like some stat tracking in here because I, I wonder how many players actually packed up the ind- individual pieces of the plunger after uh, <laughs> that little gag happens. Because when that happened, that was like immediately to me like, all right, plunger's going in the in the Goodwill bag. Good riddance, plunger. <laughs> I mean, if anybody did do that, I don't want to meet them. They, they sound like a monster. Uh, okay, so I um, we've we've mentioned uh, I think several times now that uh, Steve Gaynor uh, is a is a person who enjoyed this game, and if people aren't familiar, he was a, a developer on a game called Gone Home. He works uh, at a company called Fulbright, but I think Gone Home was sort of the the game that sort of blew the doors off the quote unquote walking simulator uh, genre of of games. Uh, and which I think this this game uh, fits into sort of like the broad walking simulator definition. Um, yeah, the broad one though, because there is a little mm-hmm. bit of yeah. The packing is a little different. Yeah, but. definitely. Uh, but how much was Gone Home an inspiration? Uh, and like, what aspects of this game uh, existed sort of uh, divorced from like having it be a quote unquote walking simulator and. Uh, what parts of the game sort of came about once you had decided that this was the the kind of game that you were going to make to express these themes? Uh, hmm. Do well, you? I Gone Home, I mean, like you said, uh, kind of blew the doors off of, like, the walking center. Like, it, it, it's always kind of in our minds when we're making games. Um, mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, it's kind of like Mario um, now and... Uh, uh, where like if at least to me like where if you're making a platformer and someone's like like how much were you thinking about Mario it's like well Mario's just like the structure in my brain that platformers take and then yeah um, and and Gone Home to me at least uh, I guess like the time I played it and uh, it was probably one of the first walking simulators that I that like I finished maybe. Um, Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true, but like it's one of the, it's like the you know the biggest most complete kind of idea of a walking simulator, and so that's just always in our mind when we're when we're talking about games. I think. Um, yeah, just, I mean, I to me, Gone Home is it's kind of I mean, it was the the best example of you know an emerging genre, and and it and it like holds up to this day. You know, it, it, I mean, in that sense, like the Mario comparison is like apt because it, it kind of, uh, helped codify an approach toward telling stories in, in an interactive medium. And it, and it did it in a way that feels like pretty sturdy, um, and, and timeless and like not gimmicky, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I, I guess I feel like, I don't know. I um, we I, I definitely don't feel like I was like uh, imitating it or or like taking a lot of cues from it. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of trying to remember what games we were thinking of. Oh, Resident Evil Four. Yeah. I mean, I guess we were. So I, you can't do like an inventory packing thing without yeah. thinking about Resident Evil Four. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I definitely mentioned that. It's it's the first thing that popped to my mind when I'm playing. But um, sort of going back to like gone home i guess did this game ever exist like the idea of this game ever exist as a different kind of game or uh was it always kind of like oh well you can make a game like this that's like a walking simulator and you could use that to tell this story or was it kind of like well i kind of want to like 
you you were moving one time and you kind of were thinking about all the emotions and thoughts you were having while moving and like hmm i'd like to express that in a game and then you spent some time like considering you know what other what kinds of games could express those ideas or was it always kind of like oh this is how you this is how you express that okay i i see what you're asking mm-hmm. um so the the first thing well ian you should probably i mean the the, the first thing that we came up with was the packing idea mm-hmm. like the action oh, okay. inside That's the box um and and then the longer we worked on it, I, I don't know what point it was exactly, but at some point we decided to uh, make it a first person game, you know, like it, that definitely wasn't, I don't think that was a given at the beginning. It was just like, let's make a game about packing, um, about moving, you know, where you're like packing objects up like, like, uh, like Tetris. Uh, and... I think the first person perspective, which, which, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think that's sort of what makes it feel sort of related to like walking simulators. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, th- I mean, that must've just been kind of a decision made out of, I mean, at, at least at the time, it just seemed like kind of the most straightforward way to do it. You know, you, that, yeah. that's like the best way to get things strewn around a room into a box. Well, I really didn't want it to feel like a puzzle game. That right. was like kind of my stance mm. when we were figuring out how it was actually going to work. And I didn't want it to be like direct, like touch to like drag, you know, like, like I didn't want it to feel like, like an iPad kind of puzzle, like here's your pieces and now fit it all together. I want mm-hmm. it to be messy and, and mm. feel like packing really does, you know? Um, Originally it was going to be physics based, right? They were all going to be like physics objects. I think. Uh, or was the idea I, it, that they after you after you finished <laughs> packing they were going to turn into physics objects and just completely lose all the the Tetris beauty you had created just, just as like a <laughs> like, metaphorical kick them around the honk room. at the end of the game <laughs> yeah um, oh, that's awesome yeah the form it eventually I mean every game sort of gets built like one piece at a time and 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 I don't think. Well, I don't know how other people work, but I don't think we ever start off saying like, okay, this is the genre, this is the gameplay, this is the story that, you know, like the, you kind of start from one place and then you just keep making decisions when you need to, um, Mm -hmm. when you get to certain points, you know, when you have to start making a camera move around you, that's, that's a decision point. Is it going to be third person? Is it going to be first person? Is it going to be... Are you going to be some omniscient? Yeah, that's 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 interesting because most of my experience, like making games, is in an academic setting, uh, like for classes. So uh, in that setting, people are asking you those questions constantly. Like a professor is coming Mm -hmm. over and being like, "Well, what kind of game is this? Is this a first-person game? Is this a third-person game? Why? Uh, What is? What are the theme? Like just people constantly asking you, like trying to guide (laughs) you to the decisions you should be making." Uh, mm. so it's, it's interesting to hear that, uh, this seems to have been like a very, a different process. Um, but, but it's cool. And you were, you were talking about like how be, this game being in first person just made sense. And it, it totally does. Cause when you're, when you're interacting with like these little objects, you want to be able to look at them and see them. And with third person, you just, there's just enough distance there that it's, it's weird. Um, 
I guess you could have had it if it was like an adventure game or something. You're like clipping, clicking on objects and then you see like a big picture of it or something. But mm-hmm. um, I think that uh, first person uh, definitely like lets you embody the person more and lets you like see these objects up close and move them around by holding them in front of your face and stuff. So it's, uh, I don't know, I definitely think that that works in the game's favor. Well, thanks. And and I mean, also, just like, if you picture that game, if it was like, if there was a character on screen, or if they had a voice, or arms, <laughs> or something, like, I, I think it would no longer, I don't know, it would no longer, you, you wouldn't really be able to, uh, uh, I guess, get, I don't know, sucked into the, to the, to the, the position of that character. Like, it, it, it would become about it would become this story about this person who's moving, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just sort right. of this. There you have like more... another remove. It wouldn't be as much about like the experience of moving and making decisions about objects. It'd it, be about yeah, one it... person doing that, not you. All right. So this one's just kind of a, a, a curiosity of mine. What was like roughly the, the total like development cycle for this game? Uh, was it something that you guys like worked on slowly over a long period of time, or was it kind of like once the rubber met the road, you were just like cranking on it? How uh, long total was it? It was meant to be. It was like an exercise. We were going to do it in a weekend, um, mm-hmm. uh, which is how a lot of our game projects have started out. Actually, the ones we finish, at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and we, well, but uh, I wanted to, and I made. I ended up making like a really like complex like dynamic packing system that like adds the space it's going to take up on the in the box like uh uh procedurally like after the object is loaded in mm. um to try and make it easier like because we wanted a lot of we, we were at first it was just going to be like have artists make like a bunch of objects and like we'll just keep making those objects and we can fit them all into this system and then mm. i was thinking like Oh, and then you could pack the boxes into the car and then like, you know, all these like follow like ways that the system could be implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then as we, as we worked on it, we, you know, we honed it in a lot and um, it, it probably ended up taking two months or three months. Something yeah. Like that. Like two or three months kind yeah. of working just in our free time. Yeah. And we weren't living together or near mm-hmm. each other at the time. We don't live together. So. Oh yeah. At that point. So at that point, when we made the game, I was living in Chicago still, which is where mm-hmm. we met. Uh, but Ian had already moved uh, to Los Angeles. Uh, so we were, I mean, that was, uh, there, there's a, uh, in the credits in the, in the end, there's a, you know, there's a little, it shows like the roomies and, Chicago, Illinois, and Los Angeles, <laughs> California, and that's yeah. the meaning behind that because we sort of made it. We we wanted to kind of emphasize that because it I don't know just the theme of like moving moving away sort of it it, it seemed kind of I don't know having listing two cities seemed to kind of evoke that somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, what like a few months? Yeah, like probably three two months? or three months, something oh, like okay. that. Something like that. So. Yeah. Uh, do you want to shout out the other people that helped you make on it, uh, make this game specifically? I know Scott Archer did the music. Um, who else? Who else do you want to uh, shout out to that uh, helped make the game happen? Totally, yeah. Um, so there's a, a couple friends of ours who did, who modeled a lot of the like objects, um, and that's uh, Dan Anthony Kelly, 
who is a uh, 3D modeler and animator. And um, Brian Slatterly, uh, who uh, is a friend of ours from Chicago, and he draws comics and is just a very funny, cool guy. Um, and uh, uh, I don't know their Twitter handles by heart. Uh, I, I should be able to read those out. I don't know. You right. should go check these guys out because they're cool. Um, <laughs> they, they should be linked on the itch page for the oh, game. Oh, yeah. And... Um. Oh man, Dan does these uh, every week. He he animate he he uh, does these like looped animations of dogs uh, that he still draws on a Nintendo DS. I think there's like some animation. Oh, software is it Flipnote Hatena? Uh, probably. Yeah, I think or so. Or Hateno. I totally. I know exactly what you're talking about. I had that <laughs> on my Nintendo DS back in the day because you could you could make little animations and like put them up on a little service, and it was like, oh. I, I I know exactly what he's, you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he's been doing awesome. it for like like three what? or four or five yeah, years. Yeah, like maybe like four or five years at this God. point. It's wow. crazy. Um, and then uh, yeah, Scott Archer uh, did the music on the on the little iPod or Ogpod Og player. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> um, <laughs> and uh, he is a friend of ours who has you know makes a lot of really great music and uh we've worked with him before on a few projects uh he he did some of the music for little party and he did all the music for a good gardener um his stuff is great Mm -hmm. uh he has a band called arlem village that people should go listen to he does these kind of concept uh EPs uh, that are just these really like intense, cool like sh- short stories. Um, yeah. Was there anybody? Uh, well, else. Um, I just want to forgetting somebody. Talk about Rocketbot. Uh, oh yeah. The the you guys kind of talked about it at the end, um, and um, it's actually a song by Scott that Scott wrote for his band. Uh, when we lived together, like when we were 19, so almost 10 years ago, uh, no, 10 <laughs> years ago, um, but, uh, uh, just, it was like my first Chicago apartment and Scott was living with me and he, it, the song's called broken screen because his computer, like 80% of the screen was just useless and he would just work on music and the remaining 20% of the oh screen. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. And, and we went <laughs> We went through like a couple different songs trying to figure it out, but like that just seemed perfect because I I can like still see him working on that song like wow. in our <laughs> apartment in Chicago. Um, so it just seemed really really oh, perfect. That's amazing. That's a that's a great that's a great insider scoop there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys had such a great description of that of that song in in the podcast. Like you, I, when I was listening to the podcast, you guys did, and you, you were just describing it as like. <laughs> it's the song by your friend's band and it's like not signed and you're playing it uh, just cut, like not because they're your friends, but because it's like they're a really good band. And it's like a really good song. And, and uh, it just had, like at that time in your life. And I, I, I was grinning from ear to ear listening I'm, to that. I'm, that I'm like, glad because I've definitely I've definitely had like friends in those bands where you you only go to the you only go to the show because it's your friend. And like, I specifically remember a friend of mine who's in like a rap rock band that basically they just wanted to be Rage Against the Machine and all their music sounded exactly like Rage Against the Machine. And it was like, it wasn't bad, but it was never going to be as good as Rage Against the Machine. 
Uh, and so I was, I was glad that this, this game, it was like, you know, if my, if my friends were, were in Rocketbot, I would, I would go to their shows, uh, not just to support them, but because I like the music. Uh, <laughs> well, they would be very pleased to hear that. <laughs> Before we uh, finish, one thing I wanted to ask was, are you guys working on anything right now? What's next for Turnfollow? Anything on yeah. the radar? Yeah, well, um, we are working on a project right now that we haven't really talked a lot about yet. <laughs> We've been kind of playing it close to the chest. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, but we could, I don't know. Um, it's it's about a... Uh, <laughs> it's a you can keep a, it close we, to the chest if you want, you know, that's fine. Well, I don't know. We can do, you, do you care? No, I don't care. All right. Um <laughs> Nobody asked, so we didn't <laughs> tell anybody. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So it it's um, about this uh, like what twenty five year old woman who's working at a uh, she's like running drinks at a, a um, resort bar, uh, and um, uh, yeah, and it's kind of about like working a job like day after day and huh. like going and like partying at night and uh i don't know it 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 uh <laughs> we haven't really developed the full pitch for it it's still like kind of a, <laughs> a, a a big cloud of sort of ideas and feelings and stuff but it it um and i i hesitate to like compare it to something this early you know um so i'm not gonna sure. do that but it's yeah it sounds like you're you're still at the stage where a lot of things could uh could change so you don't want to <laughs> say say right. say too much about like all right here's the game we're making and then you get a situation <laughs> I mean not that I I think our, our listeners are gonna come after you for not making the exact <laughs> game <laughs> that you uh, that you're talking about right now but uh, but you never know um, but but I do think that I I think it has a similar um, maybe uh, uh, a similar mix of like I story to like gamey stuff that that packing up you know packing up is kind of you know i mean they're they're sort of mixed but it has the like tetris stuff and then it has the you know the more i guess walking sim type stuff and i i think this game is maybe operating on kind of a similar structure where mm -hmm. like doing your job is like a game it's it's a thing that you can sort of do well or do poorly at and then you, we sort of fill in the gaps around that with um, things that let you get to know this this character and uh, and and her life and her the people she knows and and the place she's living and and you know stuff like that, um, which I, I think is fun for us. I, I I guess at a certain point, doing purely narrative games that don't have like kind of a, a fun system to interact with. I mean, not for everybody, but for us, I, I, I think we were, we wanted to kind of like stretch our legs a little bit and, and, uh, and, and, you know, practice making some like gamey stuff and try right, to like work yeah. that in with a story. And I, I think packing up was sort of like our, our first like real solid attempt at that. I mean, Good Gardener was kind of gamey too, but yeah. maybe mm -hmm, in a less mm -hmm. explicit way. <laughs> yeah, we haven't really. We don't have any kind of a timeline on it or anything. It's like you know, like we said, it's 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 very much up for in the sure, air. For sure, for sure. 
I mean, we'll definitely keep our eyes out for it. I mean, we're looking for a new game every week. So uh, if sometime in the near or not so near future, <laughs> uh, we see another game from Turn Follow, we'll definitely uh, definitely check it out. Um, okay, so l- last question. Uh, what do we play next for the podcast? Oh. It, it could be anything, a game from a friend, or just a game you played that you thought was interesting. Uh, but what is, do you have a like a a small game you encountered recently that that um, is your your recommendation? Are you looking for like new releases or not is necessarily stuff? Okay, I mean, I we, mean, we played your game. Is I mean, it'd probably been out for a year or something by the time we got to yeah. it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, most not necessarily new, but like something that people are less likely to have heard of. Um. Well, one game that I really like that's been out for a while, but I don't think it gets played enough, is called Hotel Paradise Mm. by Mm. Kai Clavier or something like that. Kai Clavier, if you say the R. Um, But I really, really like that game. Um, But uh, uh, a a game I played more recently, which also might not be that new, is called um, uh, Alien Casino. Um, which is like, that's just, just a, a ex- explorey, colorful game that it just always, that I, I, I don't know. I just really like it a lot. That one's by Grace Bruxner. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's incredible. Um, she does. She, she's, uh, this person who I, I only became aware of like at some point this year, but she posts a lot of stuff on Twitter, just like screenshots of these like super like kind of dopey hilarious like frogs and animals and people and and skeletons and stuff and she just like it's it's all like really simple 3d graphics but i I don't know comedy is like something that's hard to do in video games and in 3d especially and like you can make stuff that like i don't know like pixar movies like look funny you know cartoon characters look funny but uh there's a, a, a there's something about her stuff that is like so intrinsically hilarious like it has mm-hmm. to do with like how how lo-fi it is and and just like her specific kind of cartooning style it's really uh i don't know it's really really funny stuff like there's nobody else out there who has who hits quite that note huh that sounds awesome. We've we've had a few like a, games that kind of attempt to do the the comedy thing, and it's it's something that I think games are still figuring out is how to be mm. funny. I think you're starting to have games like more games where the primary function is to just be funny, or not even not even just be funny, but be funny in a way that is integral mechanically rather than just like oh it's yeah. this kind of game, but the writing is funny. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. I think something come, like jazz punk comes to mind. I don't know if you guys mm. played that, but it's a game that just has like a ton of personality and just is like goofy and weird and funny, kind of like intrinsically. And uh, so I, that definitely sounds like something uh, I would I would enjoy playing a great deal. Could you give me the name one more time? Uh, it's called well, the one I played is called Alien Casino, but all of her games, uh, Grace Grace Bruxner, Bruxner, okay, um, and and Jazz Punk is like a great like comparison point. It's it, it's like if Jazz Punk was made by one person who's just like i don't know entertaining themselves like really hard i don't yeah. know it's, it's 
Mm. It, they're 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 really great. I it makes me so jealous. Does she, does like, she do comics too? Probably. It, it, it feels like like, like a yeah. cartoonist <laughs> yeah. making games, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, feels like sounds awesome. Mini comic. Uh, Cool. Yeah, so I think we're we're uh, we've covered pretty much every question that uh, that Jordan and I have uh, written down here on our our nifty thrifty Google Docs. So uh, <laughs> why don't you uh, let the people know where they can find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, you can you can check us out. Our, our itch page is uh, well, we're called Turn Follow, and it's Turn Follow T U R N F O L L O W dot itch dot I O. We also have a website uh, that's just turnfollow.site. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to check that out. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, Ian, are you on Twitter anymore? Uh, I'm, I'm laying low on the Twitter. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> but our turnfollow Twitter is underscore turnfollow. And uh, I, I check that every once in a while. Um, but I think we have like an email on the website if you want to contact us or i don't know we will we're around i'm uh i'm actually uh i've been like applying for work recently and i made a new portfolio site so if you want to see actually we've got some screenshots of like what we're working on right now up there and that's just at carterlodwick.com awesome check that out okay cool well we'll we'll make sure uh where we usually tweet out links to creators and games so uh make sure to follow us at edgeguardcast listeners uh so that you can you can get all these sweet links and you don't have to try and type them in by listening to these two gentlemen uh, talk. Oh, you could have said that a long time ago. <laughs> no, I had to make you work for it. You have to earn it. <laughs> nobody nobody gets these links for free. Um, but uh, thank you guys so much for for talking to us. Um, thank you. It's, it's, oh, it's, man. it's been a real pleasure. We're we're still pretty yeah. new, so uh, anytime developers reach out uh, means a loss to us and. Uh, we really enjoyed your game, so I'm I'm glad that we got to talk to you yeah. guys about it. Yeah, yeah, one Gosh. of my favorites we played actually. So, oh, thanks. Wow. That's really nice. Thank you so much, you guys, and, and thanks a lot for for yeah reaching out and having us on, uh, yeah. letting us say our piece, <laughs> set the record straight, <laughs> giving the people the um, hot scoops about the uh-huh, games uh-huh. they need to know about. <laughs> well, uh, listeners, we will see you next week with a. Hopefully a regular episode. Uh, And until then, uh, goodbye. Uh, Well, uh, listeners, we will see you next week.